What's up, guys? It is Hot Take Hey-o. with Hot Take here. And welcome back to another episode of Junior Senior TVs. We're talking about the Dolphins Bill Bengals mm-hmm. game. We talked about this before the podcast started. You have a few things to say, so I'll let you okay. go with that. So, um, last <laughs> Unleash week, yourself. To, to those who are unaware, last week, Tua got injured, suffered a concussion, uh, off a tackle, he favored the back of his head. Yep. And he was stumbling. Yeah. He was somehow still allowed to play, which was beyond me. But they ended up winning that game. So everyone was like, ah, let's ignore it. This week, he suffered quite possibly an even more serious concussion. The same exact way. Favoring the back of his head. And this time, as he falls to the ground... His body goes in the fence position, and his his fingers curl. That's not normal. Two concussions in the span of four days. Whoever allowed Tua to play this game against the Bengals, anyone and everyone involved, needs to not only be fired from their jobs with the Dolphins organization, but banished from the NFL and not allowed to work in sports ever again. This is gross, gross negligence of a human being's health and safety. In any other workplace, they'd be fired on the spot. Any other workplace. This is, and this is callous. This is absolutely callous. Mike McDaniel sitting up here saying, oh, he just suffered a concussion and nothing more serious this is a neurological injury we're talking about he was stumbling in the game against the bills he's losing cognitive his he was losing his cognitive abilities in that game that should have been an indicator mm. like this is this isn't anything to just scoff at okay so i i can tell you upset just 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 get the feeling about that Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't. I think there's more to the story. I think there. I mean, whether or not he was cleared to play, whether or not they have protocols in place, we don't know those things. So before we start talking about who needs to get fired, who needs to get out of here, let's think about what protocols were in place to allow Tua to play this game. Okay, so we know that the game itself, um, as soon as he left, everything changed. The air was right out the sails. Because your backup is Teddy Bridgewater. And Teddy Bridgewater is not Tua. Mm-hmm. And clearly in the game, you know, he threw an interception here. Uh, you know, he made a big interception as they were driving down the field. That changed the whole complexity. So Miami loses the game. So there's only one unbeaten team left. And that's the Eagles. And that's the Eagles. So, I mean, which which is to be expected. No, they weren't going to. I think they were slurping on Miami because they beat the Bills last week. Bills shot themselves in the foot. That game, not necessarily Honestly, loss on that. I can't, I can't even focus on the rest of this game. Okay. Look, luckily, Tua went to hospital. He was conscious and moving his extremities, according to the report. Okay. Thankfully, thank God he's okay. Right. But like, I can't focus on the rest of this game because right. this is like why he was allowed to play. It, it doesn't even matter about any protocol. He suffered a concussion where he was stumbling and not able to walk properly. Two concussions in four, in the span of four days. Why was he allowed to play in this game? He was already 
obviously not looking good in this game. He was making bad throws and bad decisions. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that was? Okay. Well, Why do you think that was? It's just a wild guess. Well, look, I, I just I think there's more to the story than just. I don't I don't give a crap about any sort of protocol. Okay. He suffered a concussion. He shouldn't have been allowed to play in this game. And we and if he decides to never play in the NFL again, I don't think that's going to be the case. Let's, let's, he suffered. Will let's just. Oh, sorry, Will. This junior. is neurological let's damage. Just look Potential at it. neurological damage. I understand damage. that, but let's look at it from the standpoint of concussions do happen, so they need to have something figured out about how to address that. So also, I think we have to wait until the dust settles before we start jumping to conclusions. Also, I this is. This speaks to a bigger problem in sports in general. Players uh, are not treated like human beings. They're treated as assets. And this situation just proves that. Why was Tua not... Why was Tua allowed to play? Because he's treated as an asset for Miami. Not as his actual health and safety as Tua Tagovailoa, the human being. Mm -hmm. Tua, the quarterback... For Miami, who was three and zero. Okay, that's well two and zero now. Two and one. Okay, moving on. Yep. All right. Giants Cowboys. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. This. What do we take this, from that? This was a game. This was a game. I mean, the look. I will give the Giants a lot of credit. They're building something. I like what Dable's doing right now. Uh, they finally have a line. Neil needs a lot more development, though. He was swinging like a saloon door. But the rest of this team looks to have some good building blocks. I like what they're doing, but Daniel Jones is still inconsistent as all hell. Like he's, it's, it's been clear for a while that now that he's not the answer. Um, I think they're going to ride with him for now. Um, they they gave Cooper Rush a, a fright, but Cooper Rush looks pretty good for the Cowboys. He came, he came in, did his did his job, and Zeke and Pollard were really good. And the the Cowboys played good enough to beat a, an under at the time an undefeated Giants team. So the, there's nothing really else to say about that game. Okay, my turn. Yeah. Uh I knew the Giants were going to lose this game. Mm-hmm. Period. I don't think there's anybody. I don't, I. I had to be realistic. I think everybody was just getting on the two and zero compared to last. I think anything's better than the last couple seasons with Joe Judge, and I think people were just desperate for something to hang on to. Um, defensively, the Giants didn't get to rush at all. Rush could sat could sit in the pocket and pick and choose. And I know you want to bury Daniel Jones, but you put any quarterback against that situation, he was running for his life. Well, I'm not burying hang on, Daniel Jones. Twenty five. He was rushed at 25 times, yeah? Mm-hmm. And 25 times he was during that situation. Dallas defense is pretty sharp and pretty good. Micah Parsons, Tavon Diggs, there's some good players on that team. Well, I'm not. Daniel I'm, Jones was running for his life. I'm not and, burying Daniel Jones. I know, but I'm just saying that I think people need to back up because the Giants are not a, an offensive juggernaut. They don't have. They don't have the wide receiving core that Dallas has, and so they don't they don't know how to score. They can't score points. The Giants will score sixteen, seventeen, and that's probably it. So look, I knew they were going to lose this game as well. Yeah, I didn't think they had a chance. All right, all right. Moving on, Bucks Packers. 
Old bowl. Yep. The old bowl. <laughs> the old bowl. The old bowl. Old spice bowl. An old bowl. He had a combined, he had 85, almost 85 years on the field, the quarterbacks. Um, Brady got too cute with his throws at the end. He wanted to play here and it didn't work. And he broke, two, he loves breaking those Microsoft tablets. He reportedly broke two of them. That's nothing. That's, he could have paid for that right then and there. Uh, I don't think it's so much about that. I think it's so much the fact that people expected Tecmo Bowl. They expected points. They expected back and forth, you know, 36-35, and they didn't get that. They got, instead, a really low-scoring affair. Well, the uh, Packers' defense you know, is good. The Packers' especially defense held. Their, especially their front seven led by Kenny Clark. Packers' defense held. The Buccaneers' defense held. Neither quarterback was setting the world on fire in this game. No. So, no. I, I think both teams, it's and very also, clear that both teams are, st- are struggling also offensively. Also, the, um, the, the Bucs' receiving room... Doesn't look too great oh, no, right no. now. You got yeah, you're right. You got Cole Beasley off the street. So I mean, he, he you know they were playing him and his yeah. unvaccinated self. Right, but they had him. You know, fourteen to twelve is nothing to write home about. So you know the fact of the matter is Tampa Bay struggling with their receiving cores. They haven't been scoring points. Green Bay hasn't been scoring points much either. Both quarterbacks were very ordinary. I don't know. I think you take from it what you will. It's still early in the early in the year. You know, call it a day. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Next one I'm looking at is Eagles commies. Eagles and the commies. I tell you what, Carson Wentz was seeing ghosts that game. Well, he, he was coming up against his former team. Carson Wentz had no answer. Carson Wentz See, was this getting is harassed. Why I I didn't give much credence to the Wentz trade. To oh begin well. With. And everyone's hyping him up. Oh, he's with the Commanders, and he's actually playing semi well. He he's around. A, he's Behind a bad offensive line, and he, Terry McLaurin's not going to be able to get any separation. The, the Commanders are a bad team. They're not a good team. So, were they really going to win this game? No. Uh, no. No. Uh, you know, they were not. I will say this. The Eagles look good. The Eagles they look do very look good. good. They do look good. Um, the defense was just harassing Wentz. They didn't have a chance to really move the ball very well. Uh, the offense was just cooking. You know, the receivers were cooking. Devontae was out there running up and down. Uh, the the running back, it's it just, it just watching this Eagles team play. Now, the only thing I think that could stop them is injuries, obviously. So, you know, yes. I don't see anything stopping this team. I mean, could they lose soon? Yeah. I don't think there's any – I don't think you're going to say, well, they're going to go undefeated. The, 70, the 72 Dolphins will be able to uh, pop well, that's their not, bottles. Well, 72 Dolphins and – with the one exception, the asterisks on the Patriots are losing to 18 the Giants. 18-1, Lamal. So, yeah, I think that you got to keep an eye on that. As commanders, yes. whatever. I mean, the, look, Carson Wentz is going to have that kind of game, and he did. Mm-hmm. He did not look good. He was 25-43 to 11. That was that's a not, lot of – That's not good. I'll tell you what, but he was, throwing, he was throwing for nothing. So whatever he was doing He's was a, 211. It was well, nothing. this it, is the know. thing about Carson Wentz ever since – um, he's come back from that injury. He's been a high-volume, low-efficiency quarterback at best. Okay. At best. All right. So on to the next game, our 0-3 team. Raiders Much Titans. to the delight. Much to your – you know, Josh McDaniel is now your Matt Nagy. He, is, he has taken the reins and – you have absorbed it. You are. I mean, you are reveling in this. I tried you to tell you, everybody. I, t- I tried to tell you about this guy. guy yes. I tried to tell you this guy. This I, guy. You you cannot disagree with me. 
He lost the Raiders this game. You can't disagree with me. So where did he lose the Raiders on this game? Tell me. Play calling. (laughs) His play calling was absolutely baffling. When you've got a... Uh, when, yeah, okay. Granted, the Raiders don't have a great offensive line. The only good piece they have on their line is Colton Miller. And they had to cut their recent first-round pick, Alex Weatherwood, which, by the way, was made by a uh, yours truly, John Gruden, uh, which just really shows his draft, drafting acumen. But um, his play calling was awful. It, it, it was it was straight awful. You, even with the, the bad offensive line, you have enough weapons to allow Derek Carr to at least string some type of offense together. We only lost you by have, two points. You so. have Hunter Renfro, the be- in my opinion, the second best slot receiver in the entire league. You have a legit fullback in Alex Ingold. And you have the best receiver in terms of route running and, as a headliner, the best receiver in the league, in my opinion, in Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. So, like... With that amount of talent on offense, it always comes back to play calling. For me, it comes back to defense because I think the, the Raiders' defense, look, their defense has been, is pretty bad as well. Has been not so great. Look, their defense is pretty bad as well. Who can you blame that on? You, your good old buddies, John Gruden and and Mike Mayock. Okay, so I suppose the Raiders are still winless. Do they win this week? Because let me see what they play this week. Look, they the McDaniel's is not their answer. <laughs> it's, it, they should have kept Rich, Rich Brasaccia. Oh, Rich he was the right coach for that team. They should have kept Rich Brasaccia. Rich Brasaccia. Rich Brasaccia. Not, he's a special teams guy. He doesn't. Yeah, but he did it. well for them. He was the right coach for the right. Okay, team so the they right got the Broncos. Time. I'm giving them a chance the next game against the Broncos. Oh, with the how the Broncos because the Broncos running. stink. And it's going to be the battle of mid the head Broncos coaches. Stink. It's going to be the battle of two bad head coaches in Nathaniel Hackett and Josh McDaniels, even though Nathaniel Hackett is actually trying to make some modicum of effort to improve his play calling by having closed-door meetings. Okay. That's the only thing I'll give Nathaniel Hackett credit for. All right, moving on. Yes. Okay with the NFL ditching the Pro Bowl. This just happened. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Get rid of it. No, no No one cares about the Pro Bowl anymore. No. Seriously, I don't think anybody cared about. It. I think I think the players cared about it because that was like everything. Comped. I think they should everything comped back in, when it was back when it was being played in Hawaii. Everything was being comped. Everything was being taken care of. In, in my opinion, um, they should do what the NBA did with the All Star Game because if you look at 2017, was the worst All Star Game ever, and it was really rock bottom when Steph Curry laid down flat, face flat, to avoid Giannis. Antetokounmpo, and a dunk. That was rock bottom. And Adam Silver looked at it and said, okay, we need to make some changes because mm-hmm. this is bad. This is a bad product. Yeah. This shouldn't be an all-star game. Well, the game. Pro Bowl did go that way. They, they they mixed it up. They didn't go just NFC, AFC. They picked, they had teams like, you know, guys, you know, one coach picking this team, one coach picking these players. I know, but they, should, it up. they should do what the, the NBA did and have captains and they draft. They yeah, should, they I should copy. What I the think NBA it's the did. fact that the uh, fact that unlike unlike the NBA, which is in the middle of the season, the Pro Bowl is at the very end, and no one wants it. Yep. No one cares. Everyone's put tired. The, no one wants to play. If they're going to revive it in so, the next couple, they're of they're not seasons, going to. I don't think put it just, earlier in the season. I don't so think anybody care cares enough to revive it. They're going to do yep. a skills competition now. 
you know, kind of back in the day where you had you know the old skills quarterback competition. Yes, maybe that's going to spark some interest. I think it needs to go to bed because you know it'll save the NFL some money because well, then people, they won't have to pay for all the players. Will, we did. People will still be named Pro Bowlers, correct? Correct, but they're not going to do a Pro Bowl. Yeah. Game. I'm not sure. Well, I don't know. All I know or is maybe they'll it. be named NFL All Stars. Right. All I know is they're ditching it. They might do like NBA, you know, first team, whatever. But I don't know. Well, they already have first team All Pro. And I know pro they might whatnot. just keep with that and not bother with the with the, with the Pro Bowl being what it is. Well, or, maybe they expand the All Pro, or maybe they have NFL All Stars instead, and they just select All Stars and have an All Star team. These are who the best players in right. the league okay. this season. Okay. And they just have that without the game. All right. Moving on. Should the other teams in the NL playoffs be worried about the Cardinals? Ooh, okay, this is an interesting question. What's Why not? Answer? I mean, you should be. I mean, now Albert Pujols has gotten his 700, right? Yep. And you think at this point this would be it for the Cardinals, and that would that would be it, and you just go off retirement. But wait, the Cardinals just won the division. So now they're sitting ready to go. You got Pujols, you got Molina, you got Wainwright. You got some veterans mixed in with the youth. Arenado. Arenado. I mean, this I'm is still a team baffled. And that finds a way to win, and they're scary. And I'll continue to crap on Colorado because they paid the St. Louis Cardinals $50 million to take Arenado off their hands. Take him. We'll, 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 you take him. He's third base, right? We'll take Chris Bryant, and that's and worked we'll pay, out so well. We'll pay you $50 million. And that's million. worked out so well for Oh, us. yeah, sure. We'll pay you $50 million to take uh, a potential Hall of Fame third baseman. Yeah, like <laughs> I just think with I think to think with Pujols getting a seven hundred now, you know, basking in that, being back in St. Louis, kind of rejuvenating himself. You got the veterans, Wayne Wright and Molina. Do, do they have the depth to do it though? I, I, like, I just I, think look, in a short uh, series look, they could surprise I, people. I like Tommy Edmond. I love Goldschmidt. But what else is behind everyone we just mentioned? Well, someone's going to show up. I just, think, I just think it's the Cardinals. The Cardinals just find a way to hang around. You know, you think about the old days, you know, in the World Series with the, the Rangers and stuff. You know, this is in the heyday. Yeah. But I'm just thinking that they got enough veterans out there that can guide these young guys. And I think they can make a little noise in the playoffs. I think Maybe it's going to I think it's going to be interesting to see who they play off, who they play off to and start the with. New, the new... A uh, wild card system yes. is a three game right. series. Exactly. So they're not in the wild card. They've won the central outright. Yeah. So I I don't know. I'd, I'd be a little bit scared about the Cardinals right now. They're either they're most likely going to come up against um, the winner of the second wild card series. Okay. In the NL. Next question for you. Now yep. that Aaron Judge has let, tied Roger Maris's home run record, would it be enough to not surpass it? How many games there are, are remaining? There are, there's five there are games seven remaining. games left, from my understanding. I think there's five. There's five games left? Yes. Five games left, so he only has to hit one home one run. One more. One home run. Uh, speaking of the whole Who's going to throw that meatball? <laughs> Who's going to throw that meatball? Who's going to throw that allegedly juiced meatball? Who's going to throw that meatball to um, Aaron Judge? And speaking of that, the Roger Maris thing, uh, Maris actually spoke out and said that Judge is the Maris true... Jr. You know, Maris Jr. Maris yeah. Jr. And said that... Judge is the true home run champ, Ooh, and not Bonds, and not Bonds. Well, it's a, well. Look, I think it was also. Well, he did he mention Barry Bonds? He name? name dropped Barry. He Bonds. should have mentioned Mark McGuire in the same sentence too, because he attended Mark McGuire's, um, yeah. you know, yeah, moment where he passed in the NL. So 
I mean, I think for Aaron Judge... Yeah, McGuire admitted to it, so... Aaron Judge needs to surpass this because of the fact that it's Roger Maris, because of the fact that it's the Yankees. Yankees. Because of the fact that he's playing for not just MVP, Triple Crown. A contract as well. Yeah, he's going to get what he wants no matter what. Oh, or, yeah. or, you know, He's going to get what he wants, whether it's the Yankees or someone else. So it, this is important for baseball. Um, I, I'm a purist, okay? I, I, I do believe... You know, being an old guy, get off my lawn kind of situation here. I believe in purity. I believe that Barry Bonds should have an asterisk next to his name, and so should Mark McGuire, and so should Sammy Sosa, based on everything that's happened. Out of the three, only one is open, has kind of admitted to performance enhancing drugs, and that's Mark McGuire. Yeah. No, nothing from Sammy Sosa, nothing from Barry Bonds. So I believe that asterisks against their names, and Aaron Judge is, is, is defying expectations, and he's wearing the pinstripe. So. I believe he needs to surpass it five games left. Let's see what happens there. Well, it depends on who they play. Well, to, I don't know who they play, but I mean, who's going to just go? I'll just throw it at him. I'll Someone give him an Ephus pitch and see what happens. Yeah, Ephus pitch. Ephus. That hasn't, Yo, Ephus. That, that, you don't see that pitch anymore. Well, no one wants any, to throw to Ephus anymore. Pitch. No. Yeah. Do you believe that Steve Nash, do you believe Steve Nash when he says that he's cleared mm-hmm. the air with the Yeah, TV? I believe him. I believe him. I also, I also believe that Manhattan's worth uh, worth a pack of pack of gum, <laughs> a pack of gum and twenty bucks. I believe, I believe everything that Steve Nash does. I believe it. Oh, this this Brooklyn. You talk Nets. about now. I'm a Knicks fan, knowing that the Knicks are going to be ignored, but Brooklyn's going to be paid attention to because you had Kevin Durant, who is, and by all accounts. The grumpiest champion I've ever met. I've never met a guy who's just resting face is just pure anger. In the in the in the press conference, you know, he's trying to just talk up the season. This was going to happen. If you're Steve Nash, an attempted coup took place not too long ago. I mean, really, your superstar went to the went to the owner Joe Sy and said, "I want the general manager gone, and I want you, the coach gone too." And bear in mind, <laughs> this is the funniest part to me. <laughs> Kyrie and oh, KD Steve yeah. Nash. Let me start on those two. Uh, look, I, I I think it's just look. Brooklyn's going to be would Brooklyn. Expect, Brooklyn is going to be a soap opera this season. You would expect Steve Nash to say that. I mean, if, for him to say anything else would be stupid. You want to keep appearances going fine. The one thing that counts is it's about Ben Simmons because Steve Nash has said basically point blank, I don't care if he never shoots at all, which I think is hilarious. Because well, Simmons recently on JJ Reddick's podcast said he's ready to shoot. No, oh, okay, we'll Just see. Now. So you know, therein lies the rub here because this is a guy who hasn't played at all. So he's gone from the frying pan into the fryer. He left Philly, you know, with the tail between his legs, and now in Brooklyn. And you know, he better they better start. The only way the Nets can do this is by playing well and shutting up. Yeah, and then everybody forgets it ever happened. But if not. I don't know. I don't see. I mean, even if the things go the way it does, I don't think Brooklyn's gonna be higher than a six seed. That's my opinion. I don't, Honestly, I don't, see I, I, don't I don't disagree with that. I don't see it higher than that, especially with the depth depleted. Okay, this is one for you, Bulls fan. Concerned that Lonzo Ball's having another knee surgery. Oh lord, he can't stand on it. He said reportedly he can't jump. He can't walk on it. Wow. I already pulled the Bulls at a seventh seed if you're lucky this season anyway, based on the Cavaliers moves. What do you think about that? Lonzo. You don't hear LeVar Ball going off, do you? Haven't heard him for years now. Just quiet as a mouse. I got nothing to say. Yeah, got nothing. Because without him, the Bulls are in trouble. 
Really? I mean, he was the spark plug. Well, well, he like, was a spark plug defensively. See, look, he could shoot even, from outside. Even Whoa. Lon- even, even with Lonto healthy. Woo-hoo. Even with Lonto healthy. Stink. I was like, <laughs> the Bulls are going to are what they are, even with Lonto healthy. Now, they're going to be preying on a lot of things to go right. Mm-mm. A lot of things. Mm-mm. But if you look at the front court especially, gonna you're going to be praying. DeMar's got to stay that, healthy. Sorry? DeMar's got to stay healthy. DeMar's got to stay healthy. Zach's got to stay healthy. Gotta that stay gets healthy. hurt a lot. Zach's got to stay healthy. The front court, um, Drummond's got to be decent off the bench in um, in paint defense because Vucevic is absolutely zero on that side of the ball. Um, Vucevic is a scorer. He's not a defender. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's not. He's, he's not a... In my opinion, he's more of a stretch four than he than a stretch five. Yeah. Um, Pat Williams has got to take the next step to help that front court as a he on a as one of the better defenders on a team that doesn't really defend well overall. Mm. So this is going to be cut luggage right now because uh, even without the Lonzo injury, when he was when everyone thought he was healthy, I was like, eh, the Bulls are what they are essentially. Mm. So, like, yeah, trouble, very much trouble. There is in trouble. And I mean, I, 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 you know, the fact that another knee surgery is happening—that means something's really bad. Yeah, not. And good. again, this was a guy who and they shot, invested how much money? Shot, oh, well, shot over forty percent from three. Good defender could really move. You know, look, I like know, Kobe White. I like Kobe White starting in his place. I think I love Kobe White. He fits the system well. He can shoot the lights out, mm-hmm. but. Is he really that distributor? Mm. Kobe White's always been the guy to knock down threes. Mm. But is he really that sh- distributor if he can fit Lonzo's place place effectively as that spark plug? Because Kobe White's quick as well. If he can fit that spot uh, as that spark plug distributor, I think the Bulls will be kind of okay. But that's going to be banking on a lot of things to go right. And I don't think all of it can go right at once. Hopefully it does it as won't. a fan, but it, w- it, it probably won't. It won't. Yeah. Okay, next, moving on. Yep. All right, how does Brett Favre look in regards to the funds issue? Well, so Brett Favre, just to give a little yes. background information. I'm aware of uh, this, you know, yeah. Basically a new volleyball court is his alma mater for his daughter who plays there now, but that was funds that was taken away from the poor. And as a state, reportedly Mississippi is has a, one of the more poor populations. So it's been, and you know, they're without clean drinking water right now. So allegedly, all this money that should have been going there was diverted, you know, to suit, you know, Brett Favre's interests. And there's a lot of sort of background noise around, you know, other officials being involved. I think Brett Favre reportedly has paid back some of the money. I don't know. This doesn't look good. This looks like it's this, a good it's simple whatsoever. power situation where it's not I'm Brett Favre. My daughter wants a stadium. Go ahead and do one, and it's like, okay, well, it's not a good look whatsoever. He's got so much money. Why are you working? Why are you worrying about government funds for that? Yeah, why don't you just pony up the money for your own stadium, slap your name on it, and your daughter plays there? Uh, you're Brett, you're Brett freaking far. If you got money, so I, I think this is not a good look on for his not a part. Good look whatsoever. He should be one to speak up and actually say something about it. But there has been no, no nothing about it. And again, he's Mississippi's favorite son. Having gone to school there, having you know, pretty much residing there, it's not a good look for you know for him. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where this goes. I mean, obviously, or the state, or the, 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 I mean, the volleyball court, the court's or, already been established, or the, or the state government as well. Oh, like, yeah, well, they have to. They're they're yeah, investigating they, it now, so yeah. just 
depends on whether or not like, they're reached is, and it gets near him. This is reverse Robin Hood if I've ever seen it. Because, yeah, as you said, Mississippi is one of the more poorer states in the United States. Yeah. And right now, most of the population is without clean, jerky water. Right. So that's not good. No. Most of that money should be going into um, actually cleaning up the irrigation. Yeah. And Among it's other not. things. And it's, again, it's for, you know, the money that was there was basically for welfare programs, not for a volleyball stadium that's not going anywhere, just standing Just there. for his daughter. Well, you know, you have power on Brett Favre if I want, to, I want my daughter to have a stadium. It, it just One makes no sense. I, I just, it doesn't sit right with me at, at all. All right. So now we move on to Sunday night. We have the NRL Grand Final here in mm-hmm. Sydney. We have two the teams from of the, the West. West. We have Penrith Panthers against the Parramatta Eels. Uh, there's, I guess, history on both sides because Penrith are looking for their second straight NRL and their third appearance in the finals, third straight year. Yep. For Parramatta, they haven't been here since 86. No, in a long they, they, time. They've been here well, they've been, since Their last win is in 86, sorry. Their last appearance was in 2009. Yep. Um, I've got quite a bit to say about Penrith. Uh, they're in a golden age uh, that hasn't been seen since the day that hasn't even been seen in the days of Pritis, Rooney, Satla, or even Fitla and Alexander. The amount of prospects that they have waiting in the wings is ridiculous. They won the New South Wales Cup, the Jersey Flag Cup, and the SG Ball Club. So much elite prospects waiting. Waiting, they have elite guys leaving this offseason in Carousel and Kickout. Mm. They can easily call up Maverick Guy, who's one of the more elite second row prospects mm. in in the New South Wales system right now. They've got a bounty of riches. Yeah, that's and why they're uh, looking to solidify yeah. this new era with some. They boast some of the best talent in the game, in yeah. Cleary, Luai, Toto, yeah. and Co. So I, and they're looking to solidify themselves in history as the third team in the modern era of the NRL ARL to go back to back. The only other teams to do that were the 1992-93 Broncos and the 2018-19 Roosters. Right, and I think it'll happen on Sunday. I think so as I well. Don't, I don't see on the other I side too strong. They beat them twice this year. I on the it. other side, the Eels are a team that I've 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 blasted this year because they've been inconsistent as hell. They got there. They've lost they to, almost lost. They lost to two of the worst teams in football this year. But they regrouped. They made the top four. They beat Canberra and the Cowboys in consecutive elimination games to be here. Und- the Cowboys game under dubious circumstances, but they're here. I think they've got the pieces to match to match Penrith. I think this game's going to be a lot closer than people give it credit for. I think this is coming down to a one-point field goal. Okay. And right. Penrith will just eke it out. All right. Because if there's any team that gives Penrith fits, it's Parramatta. Well, we'll find out on Sunday. Yep. All right. Happy birthday. Shout out. Belated Steve Kerr, 57 years old. Steve Kerr uh, saved what, what, what to say? Michael Jordan's bacon on many occasions. He did. 97 finals and in the 98 Eastern Conference finals. Correct, correct. In game seven. You know, has had great fortune, won you know, championships as a player with a the great, Spurs. A great, Bulls. great coach as well. Good coach. Had, a, you know, that, that whole GM period during the Suns is forgotten. Yeah. But the Suns were bad. Maybe well, he, they were maybe mediocre. He, he they made, weren't very good. He at swung the time. for the fences with that Shaq trade. He did, which in that hindsight, was, that was a in hindsight, mistake. that wasn't a that great was a trade. Big mistake. Yeah, that was like Shaq 
a toward the end. It didn't Shaq. fit. It that didn't, was a toward the end. It didn't, Shaq. It didn't fit. Their I remember system. Shaq in the, in the you know in the stands. He was showing off the ring, saying, "You know, I'll get you a ring." That didn't happen. It didn't fit their system as well. No. no. Um, and he's he's a great coach. Twice though. with the Olympics. Now yep. he's now he's Olympics coach. But he's won with the Olympics as a as an assistant coach. Won the gold medal. But now he's the next coach of the next Olympic team coming. Will forward. he stick with the Warriors though? I can't see why would he go from the Warriors. Well, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> do, um, Mike Shashevsky coached the Redeem right, team, and exactly. he stuck with Duke. Right, yeah, so that makes sense. You know, I, you know, he's gonna be the coach for the Warriors for as long as he wants to be the coach for the Warriors. He's one of those, you know, he's one of those coaches that you know is gonna be around for a long time on one team. Yeah, and they're wildly and wildly successful because of that. So happy birthday, yeah, belated birthday to Steve Nash, uh, Steve Kerr, sorry, Steve, Steve Nash. Um, on the, on or around this day, thirty five years ago, Dwight Gooden. Became the youngest pitcher to ever win 20 games. Um, he was rookie of the year the year before with the Mets. Um, had a great season. That was his only 20-win season with the Mets. Of course, substance abuse got in the way from Doc Gooden's performance and success. Well, Fast, that, oh, that whole yeah. 86 Mets team was um, yeah. was uh, doing blow. Well, essentially, I don't know, but I wasn't there. Neither yeah. were you. I was 14 years uh, old. And, you and I wasn't even a blip so, on the radar. And fast forward to a fact that, you know, Doc Gooden had some mild success as the Yankees pitcher, much to my anger and chagrin. That Didn't he, Strawberry go Both he and Daryl Strawberry. Strawberry were part of the Yankees teams at one World Series. Yeah, thanks for reminding me. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, congratulations to that. All right, so that's, that's our, our show. show. That's the show for this week. If you come from TikTok, welcome. welcome. We do this thing once a week. Next week, we'll have more clarity on this new NFL on the rest of this NFL week, yep. we'll know who won the NRL Grand Final, mm-hmm. and we might well have our playoff set in stone for MLB. I think we will. October baseball is here. It's going to be fun. And we're this weekend, co- Mets and Braves. We are going to place. cover it all. We'll see you then. Bye.